بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته uh, Our topic today insha'Allah is the topic of waswasah which is a very important topic and, a, and an issue that many from amongst our Muslim brothers and sisters are suffering with um, So Jumping straight into the topic, as our time is, is, is limited, for, as the topic is quite uh, vast, waswasa in reality is a type of sickness, and it's a type of disease that the scholars have mentioned, and we ask Allah to, to keep us safe from it and to cure those who are afflicted. Ameen. It is, a, it is caused by the shaitan. The waswasa is a whisper, it's an insinuating whisper, which is caused by the shayateen, by which he gains control over an individual, and fills his thoughts with anxiety, grief, distress, and worry, and so forth. So, we have different types of waswasa in the sharia, right? We know of waswasa where the shaitan, he, he whispers and he suggests to us to, to, to fulfill certain types of sin. We even have waswasa from, from insan, from mankind. But the specific type of waswasa that we are speaking about is the waswasa by which shaitan causes doubts. He brings about doubts in the, in the mind of the believer and in the heart of the believer. And for example, we find this common within cases of tahara, within cases of purity. When people take wudu, a person might take wudu and he feels after he took wudu that he did not wash certain parts of the body sufficiently. So he goes back and he takes wudu again and sometimes a third time and sometimes a fourth time and so on. Some people take a ghusl. At the end of the ghusl, they've come out of the shower, they've, they've you know, uh, about to get dressed, and they end up getting back into the shower because of waswasa, because the shaitan puts a doubt in their mind, making them think and believe that they have not washed themselves uh, correctly. And so they end up taking a second ghusl or a third ghusl and so forth. We find issues of waswasa in salah, for example, wherein we forget our raka'at in the salah and so we become confused and what do we do in the salah we go back or we go forward and the whole salah becomes a mess the whole salah becomes disturbed and our khushu' is removed and so forth and this is the work of the shayateen we also find cases of this this type of waswasa for example in cases of divorce where a person he thinks he has divorced his wife because of thoughts that he that he's thinking because he's so uncertain uh, and he's not even sure at the end of the day, have I divorced my wife? What was I thinking about? His intention was not even there to fulfill the divorce. Yet this person at the end of the day, he thinks that he has divorced his wife because of thoughts that, that comes from the shaitan. So this is what the shaitan does. This is what he wants. He wants to um, play with the mind of the believer. He wants to confuse the believer so that they become susceptible to these doubts. And when the, when the person gives in to these doubts, then he becomes weak to the, to the plots and the ploys of the shaitan. So it's very important that we understand what, the, what, what waswasa is. And that waswasa is something real and that many, many people are afflicted um, with this type of waswasa. And it becomes something chronic, like a chronic problem, a chronic sickness. Which, which is what the scholars refer to as waswas al-qahri, al-waswas al-qahri, which is overwhelming waswas. 
when a person he cannot control his thoughts any longer and sometimes the waswas goes to an even more extreme extreme level for example when a person he has waswasa about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or he starts to doubt the existence of Allah or shaitan asks him who created Allah and who created this and who created that until he asks who created your Lord and he starts to doubt the authenticity of the Quran or the authenticity of Islam and so forth. All of this is from the, the doubts of the shaitan and, and it can lead to a serious problem. Something very similar to OCD. What we know as OCD, this compulsive disorder, excessively compulsive with people, um, they never feel clean, for example, and hence they end up washing themselves thoroughly. They, take, they make istinja three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times. Um, and they start to suffer with this type of affliction. So, who gets affected by waswasa? This is a very important question to ask. Um, and the, the answer is that it is only the believers that truly get affected by waswasa. And this is why some of the scholars, when they were asked questions by people, you know, Sheikh, I feel, I feel down, I feel bad by these thoughts. The ulama would say to them, this is like a bushra for you. This is like a glad tidings for you because the reality is only uh, people with iman get these type of thoughts because it is the shaitan who comes to try and destroy the iman. So it's a sign that you are on the right path, bi'idhnillah. It's a sign that you are a believer, bi'idhnillah. That you are striving to recti rectify your deen and so forth, bi'idhnillah. And this is possibly why we are uh, uh, getting these thoughts and these doubts and these whispers from the shaitan. So a person who gets waswasa should never lose hope. A person who gets waswasa should never put himself down and think, I am destroyed. How can I think these thoughts? Why can I not overcome these thoughts? First step is understand that inshallah this is a good, uh, this is a glad tiding. This is a glad tiding that um, as a believer I'm getting this waswasa. In fact, we have Incidents from the Sahaba where they complained about waswasa. Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu narrated a hadith where he said that some of the companions of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa and said to him, We find in ourselves thoughts that are too terrible to speak of. And the Prophet said to them, Are you really suffering from, from, from this? And they said, Yes. And he then said to them, This is a clear sign of faith. This is a clear sign of, of Iman. So this proves that even the greatest of believers, they, they too suffer from, from waswasa. But yet what did Rasulullah say? He said this is a clear sign of faith. So we take this as a glad tiding inshallah, that it's not something, it doesn't mean that we are doomed because we received some type of, of evil thought. Let's say it's an evil thought of Allah uh, subhanahu wa ta'ala for example. This doesn't mean that we are, we are destroyed. In another hadith, uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, the shaitan comes to one of you and he says, who created such and such, who created such and such, until he says, who created your Lord. If that happens to any of you, let him seek refuge with Allah and put a stop to these thoughts. There's the cure. And we're going to get to the cure again. Uh, but here's the cure from this hadith. Put a stop to the thought and seek refuge with Allah. But this is again a ploy from the... Shaitan. In another hadith, a man came to the Prophet and said, I think thoughts to myself which I would rather be burnt, completely burnt, than speak of. 
And so the Prophet وسلم, said, Alhamdulillah, praise be to Allah who has reduced all of his, meaning the shaitan's plots, to mere whispers. So this man, what do we learn from this hadith? This man, he received these evil thoughts and these doubts and, and so forth. The first thing is he hated them. It's clear that he, he desisted. Number one, he, he avoided these doubts and he hated these whispers. And therefore, the Prophet said, Alhamdulillah, praised Allah because he has only made the shaitan's plots into mere whispers. Meaning what? That the shaitan has no power over the believer. Shaitan has no ability, no any authority over the believer. It's only, it's only whispers. It's only insinuations. It's only suggestions. And that's why we see in Surah Ibrahim, where Allah Azza wa Jal, He says that, you know, in the Akhirah, shaitan will come. Um, and he will say that indeed Allah has promised you with the truth. And I have broken my promise unto you. Uh, and I have I had no authority over you. Shaitan would say to us. And he will say, I only invited you. I only called you to the sins and you answered me. So do not blame me. Blame yourselves. This is a, subhanAllah, shaitan will tell us that I had no ability, no power, no authority over you. It was only my suggestions that you ended up answering and you ended up fulfilling. So don't blame me for going astray. Don't blame me for the sins. You should only blame yourselves. So subhanAllah, the point here is, it is the believers that are afflicted with waswasa. It is those who are, uh, you know, the devoted worshippers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are the ones who experience waswasa. And it's not the person who is a major, major sinner. It's not the person who is upon disbelief that uh, will receive these types of doubts from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, because in reality, why would shaitan bother with them? Shaitan knows they are already upon misguidance. They have already left the path. They are already upon disbelief. So shaitan leaves them as they are and he focuses on the believers because he wants to destroy the believers as well. He's trying to break them down as well. So don't feel down. Don't give up hope if you are a person who is afflicted with waswasa. That's the first um, step, inshallah, to acquiring the cure. Also, don't act upon these thoughts because a person will not be punished for these thoughts as long as he does not act upon it. Any thought that a person has, you will not be punished for that thought unless you speak about it or you act upon um, those thoughts as is mentioned in a hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So, very importantly, how do we tackle waswasa? How do we tackle waswasa? What's the cure to waswasa? The first step, as we said, is don't lose hope. Put your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and know that Allah is the greatest and Allah's power is the greatest and His power cannot be compared to any, any type of waswasa or any type of uh, insinuation from the shaitan. So if you put your trust in Allah azza wa jal, Allah will suffice you. Whoever puts his trust in Allah, Allah will be sufficient for him. Secondly, a person needs to desist the waswasa. Resist it. Stay away from it. Ignore it. Whatever the thought is, learn to ignore the thought. Learn to um, counter the thought. So we need to firstly learn to ignore and not give in to these thoughts. And when the shaitan finds that a person is steadfast in warding off these waswasas, he will find that this person 
You know, you will see the strength in this person, you will see his steadfastness, and he will leave this person eventually. But the person who always gives in, and he entertains these thoughts, and he entertains these doubts, he will find that the shaitan will eventually overcome him with this waswasa. He will eventually increase, you know, his waswasa upon him until it destroys this person. So the, the, the second step is we need to desist and learn to, learn to reject the waswasa, ignore the waswasa. Whatever the doubt is, don't pay attention to the doubt. Don't pay, don't pay attention to the doubt. Um, <clears throat> and the key to this, this may seem a bit difficult at times. How do we just ignore? How do we uh, know what we are doing is right and so forth? The key to overcoming the waswasa and the key to being able to reject the waswasa is to increase in your Islamic knowledge, is to learn um, your, the rulings of the Sharia. So if it's a doubt that's concerning the Salah, if you know the rulings of the Salah, you will be able to overcome the shaitan's waswasa through your knowledge. If it, the doubt is regarding tahara, whether it's uh, ghusl, whether it's wudu, whether it's istinja and so forth, a person can overcome the shaitan through his knowledge, through his ilm. And this is your protection. So whenever he puts a doubt, your knowledge has to counter the doubt. So your knowledge is the, the best way to overcome waswasa is to increase in your Islamic knowledge. Um, <clears throat> and this is proven even in a hadith where a man, the shaitan was interfering, interfering with his salah and his recitation of the Quran. So Rasulullah said to him, that, that is a devil. That is disturbing your salah. His name is Khanzab. So seek refuge with Allah from him and spit dryly to your left three times. So the man said, I did that and Allah took him away from me. This is knowledge. If we learn, we learn this now that in the salah when we are being disturbed, say, A'udhu Billahi Min Shaitanir Rajeem, spit dryly to your left three, over your left shoulder three times and you, you, should, you will see that the shaitan will be driven away by the will of Allah and so forth. Likewise, a well-known hadith, there was a man, he felt something during the prayer, meaning he felt some uncomfortability, he wasn't sure if he passed wind. And he asked whether he should stand up, whether he should leave the salah. And the Prophet wasallam, he said, don't leave, don't get up, unless you hear a sound or find or notice a smell. What does this hadith prove? That if you feel some uncomfortability, when you are in the salah and you're not sure if you passed wind or not. What do we do? Do we act upon that doubts, that, that, un that uncertainty? The hadith tells us, no, don't do anything. Continue with your salah until you, you hear a sound, meaning you are certain that you have surely passed wind or you notice a smell. Now you are certain that you have passed wind. So this hadith is such a powerful hadith that it's, it's, it actually teaches us one of the main principles of the sharia and that is that certainty is never removed with doubt. Certainty is never removed with doubt. So we are certain that we have taken wudu. We are certain that we are making salah. The doubt is, did we break the wudu? What do we do? We don't pay attention to doubts. We don't pay attention to waswasa. We ignore it completely. And now because we've learned this principle, we can apply the principle and overcome any doubt and ignore any doubt. Because the moment we open the door to doubts, the moment we open it and we start to, to follow up on the doubt, shaitan will only increase you with more doubts. And you will end up following every single doubt which will lead you to endless avenues of doubts until your entire life becomes upside down. 
because your salah will be full of doubts, your ghusl will be full of doubts, your wudu will be full of doubts, your ta'araf with all aspects will be full of doubts, everything will become doubtful. So this is the key to overcoming waswasa. Don't pay attention to doubt, don't pay attention to the waswasa, ignore the waswasa. Thirdly, and our time is, is nearly up, but thirdly, we need to seek refuge with Allah. Isti'adha. Say, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem whenever you get any type of whispers, when any, whenever there's any type of insinuation or suggestion or any type of thought that's putting you off, say, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem, which means I seek protection or refuge in Allah from the accursed shaitan. And then we have our daily protections that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has taught us. It's very important that the Muslim incorporates this within his life. Our Salatul Fajr is a protection for the entire day. Our Adhkar in the morning, in the evening, that's from the Sunnah, is, is, is of utmost importance. Our recitation of Quran daily is of utmost importance. Our belief in Allah, our pure belief in the Tawheed of Allah is of utmost importance and one of the best types of protection. And then of course, reciting after every salah, your three quls. Those three quls are your mu'awwidat, it's your, it's your surahs of protection. There is no protection like it. Um, three times in the morning, three times in the evening, three times before you sleep, after every salah once, this is the sunnah. We should be reciting these surahs daily in this way, inshaAllah. And lastly, we have many times or many occasions within you know, our lives or our daily lives, when we are supposed to be reciting ayat or, or sorry, adhkar of, uh, of, of, of protection. For example, when we enter the toilets, we, we say, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-khubith wal khaba'ith. That is protection. When we become angry, a'udhu billahi min shaitanir rajeem. When, even when we have intercourse with our wives, there's a dua we recite of protection. Whenever we arrive at a place, there's a dua of protection. And so forth. We start the salah with, with, with we start a recitation, and so forth. This is of utmost importance. This daily adhkar is a, it's, it's your daily protection. It's your fortress um, throughout the day that protects you from the shaitan and his whispers and his evil, ins, uh, his suggestions and his insinuations and so forth. And um, Allah Azza wa Jal knows best. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, um, to guide and protect us and to save us from his wrath and his anger and from his guidance and also to protect us from the sickness this this type of waswasa which is overcoming and it's is overbearing for many and we ask Allah Azza wa Jal to grant us the understanding and to relieve those who are afflicted Amin ya Rabbil Alameen wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik ashadu ala ilaha ila atastaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk